The Multifamily Master Podcast, where your host, Tomasz Fonseca, interviews industry experts and covers multifamily investing from A to Z. Multifamily can provide significant benefits to active and passive investors, but to take advantage of these benefits, you must have the foundational knowledge. That's why we at Real Estate Summit are here to put the know together with the how. Tune in every week to get a better understanding of all the elements surrounding multifamily investing. Brought to you by the Masters in Real Estate Marketing, Arter SEO. Welcome, guys, to another Multifamily Master Summit podcast. Today, high performance doesn't fall from the sky, but our guests can make that happen. Jens Nielsen is the acting principal of Open Doors Capital, a private equity firm. Jens is also a renowned mentor and coach, helping people passively investing in real estate. Welcome to the show, Jens. Thank you, Tomas. I really appreciate the opportunity to talk to you today. Yeah, thanks for coming. You look, you, you have a very nice view on your room there. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's actually uh, not a real background, but it's, uh, oh, it's good. <laughs> you, you, you caught me. You caught me there. So realistic. So tell me, Jens, how does a Danish IT professional working in London end up as a multifamily investor in New Mexico? <laughs> yeah. Uh, how much time do you have? <laughs> <laughs> so um, I, you know, yeah, I, I was born and raised in Denmark, hence the name and the, the accent, but I've been moved to London in 1993 and then on to, I said 1994, and then on to United States, 1996. And, you know, got my, actually got my degrees, my IT degrees, uh, computer science degrees here. And, you know, had a long career in, in, in telecommunication, then uh, computer science. And I felt like this was, you know, it was a good way to make money. It was a good way to, to earn a, a good income. But then in my, in my mid-40s, you know, I actually just turned 50. So about five years ago, I, I realized, like, man, I got to work another 20 years if I ever want to, quote, unquote, retire. And then have a meaningful way to increase my income. I mean, I was making good money. I had a nice house and all the vacation, all those things. Right. But I was also giving away, you know, my time, right. I had to go to the office every day. I didn't have a meaningful way to increase my income without, you know, getting a new job or, or something like that. And every time I, and I was looking around to say, you know, what can I do to get some more free time? And everything else just looked like another job, you know, the IT side of consulting or, starting a business, everything looked like a new job. And then I stumbled on real estate uh, just by randomly picking up a book from, um, it was Brandon Turner's uh, How to Invest in Real Estate or something like that, a multifamily real estate. I picked that up like five years ago, a little over five years ago now, listened to it on audio. And I was like, oh man, this is the way, this, this is what I need to do. And I, um, I came home super excited to my wife. I was like, man, you know, we need to invest in real estate. She's like, well, whatever you think it takes, you know. So, <laughs> so that was like the defining moment in my life, you know. And I can certainly go into how I took it from there to where we are now. But I just wonder if, 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 if that kind of describes my beginning, you know. It does, it does describe well. And I guess that's the whole definition of a, of a life-changing book. Uh, I don't see a better one. <laughs> that, that's right. You know, a lot of people talk about Rich Dad, Poor Dad and some of those other ones. I just picked mm -hmm. up a book because I'm, I'm kind of like, I wanted to, you know, Rich Dad, Poor Dad is very high level and concepts, whereas this book was like nitty gritty. This is how you do it. And that's kind of how I operate. I, I like, I don't like 
big concepts. I like like concrete ideas of how to do stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so then, you know, I, I, I got the idea and I was like, man, who do I know in this field? And so I remember, oh, one of my good buddies in the town I lived in, he, I think he mentioned he invests in real estate. And I was like, can I buy you dinner? And I went and I had dinner with him and, you know, it turned out he had a couple hundred units worth of mobile home lots. I was like, oh, that's awesome. And uh, we talked about it and, and, and he made me, he kind of introduced me to the first couple of people that was going to help me get, get started. And I asked him a very powerful question. That I think anybody listening should ask anybody they meet. It's like, who do you know that I should know? Because then probably people thought like, wow, yeah, let me see who I can connect you with. And uh, he connected me with a broker in Albuquerque, New Mexico. I was living in Colorado at that time, but that market was very small. So I, I went to the, the closest bigger city and connected with this broker. And in a few months, within a few months, we bought a couple of fourplexes, four units there, got going in that. And then six months later, we bought an 11 unit. So that was just, and we being me and my wife. So that kind of got us started in that field, right? And, and started to really get into and understanding what it was all about. Now, so your wife is in business with you then? Um, she is a passive business partner, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> you know, she doesn't really get involved in the day-to-day. She gives me ideas and, and I bounce ideas off her, but she doesn't really get involved in the day-to-day operation. Like any good wife, she, what, good wives also always have to have good ideas for us. <laughs> That's right. So, yeah. <laughs> obviously, it's normal for some real estate investors to balance the real estate world with their W-2 job like you did. Being beginners or not doesn't matter. And I believe some listeners here in our podcast live in that reality. How did you balance your W-2 job with uh, real estate? Yeah, that's a good question, right? Because it took me, you know, four and a half years to really exit the W-2 job. So uh, I got really productive, you know, really starting. I knew what my end goal was. I knew I wanted to, you know, quote unquote, retire. And I had initially a 10-year plan. That was my initial plan. And then when I started, the more I learned, I was like, man, I can accelerate that. So I was like, man, this is a five-year plan now. Um, So I got really productive. You know, I I would get up. I, get up, I still get up at 5 a.m. in the morning, right? And I would work on my business, what was important for me in the morning, go off to work. And I had a little bit of a flexible schedule. We were off every other Friday. So that gave me that extra day of, 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 of uh, time to work on my business. I would, I would do, you know, calls at lunch. I had some flexibility. I would do the occasional phone calls doing, you know, doing work hours um, when my boss wasn't looking. And... Uh, <laughs> You know, luckily I wasn't one of those guys who was working 70 hours a week. I had a, you know, a 40 hour week job and I would leave at five o'clock and I would be home and then have dinner and then maybe spend a few more hours. So there was a lot of really long days from five in the morning to maybe, you know, eight or nine at night, right. With, with mm-hmm. you know, some breaks in between, but I was just clear on what I wanted to do. And I was made, willing to make the sacrifice. My wife was on the same page, you know, and she let me kind of just work through that. So. And then, you know, when those Fridays, when I was off, I would then make trips to visit the brokers or other site visits and so forth. Nice. And what made you uh, pull the plug? Yeah, so (laughs) 
you know, I had built, so initially, as I mentioned, we started doing smaller multifamily, just me and my mm-hmm. wife, then eventually run out of money, right? So we started doing some joint ventures. Then we did a 38 unit joint venture. Then I did a small mobile home park. So kind of like dabbling in smaller deals, but mostly on a joint venture uh, level. But then we started, I was able to get involved with some people and started doing some syndications where we buy a larger property um, with we get passive investors in, right? So we started really ex- scaling to that. And that started giving me both, you know, really significant additional income. Um, and so I was like, man, okay, now we actually start seeing this income rolling in on the side in addition to my W-2 income. But it wasn't, so I had kind of made some commitments. I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to leave my job. And my wife wanted to move uh, out of Colorado back to New Mexico. It's like, yeah, we'll do it at some point. But I wasn't really committed to the specific time or date until I actually started working with, with a coach. I hired a high-performance coach myself doing like beginning of COVID of uh, 2020 because I was like, kind of like, man, what is going to happen here? And he helped me get some clarity around what was important to me, what kind of commitments I had made both to myself and my wife that I should really live up to. So with him, we came up with a plan and said, okay, I want to give my, 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 my job the opportunity to phase me out because I knew this was coming. My, my boss has actually invested in several of my deals. So he knew this was coming, but I also wanted to give them, them an opportunity to phase me out and a soft landing for myself. So we agreed last summer of 2020, we agreed of kind of a six, seven month exit for me, which meant going to part-time initially, working three days a week, and then slowly, you know, transferring a lot of my, my responsibility to other people. And then with the final exit being um, in April of 2021, right? So that was kind of the exit. And it was kind of a soft landing, which I liked because I, I felt like I could ramp up my real estate on the side. Yeah. Right? Nice. And what do you think of the, of the premonition of the job security that obviously you felt on IT? I don't know if you still feel it right now. Do you think it's a myth or it's something else? <laughs> you know, that was, you know, that's as being having that employee mindset, that idea of that security is so ingrained in us like oh man we got to find a secure job whatever but if somebody if 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 your w2 job is your only source of income and something happened like that black swan event of covid last year so many people lost their jobs you're like i mean what are you going to do right you you just you have no fallback and you have no you may not even know this is coming your way right so you're probably more exposed to risk than you realize, you know, knock on wood. I've never been laid off in my life. I've, I've chosen to just move on when the time was right. But my wife, like just a few weeks ago, she works she's in, in higher education and they suddenly announced a bunch of layoffs and she was kind of shocked because she was like, crap, what's going on here? And you know, she wasn't really ready for that or prepared that that was even a possibility, right? Now, you know, I can, I have a lot of control over the amount of effort and I have all kinds of different income streams and I can see what's coming. I can plan for the future and I can see, okay, this project is facing out. What can I do to do a new thing? And I have so much more. I mean, it's, 
I feel much more secure now because I know about the skills I have and I know I can go out and make money with the skills that I have developed. Right? Yeah, it can be scared on the other way around because it doesn't depend on you, it depends on someone else's interest, not your own, right? That's true, but there's also 7 billion people in the world. And if you have something to offer, there's probably somebody out there that wants to buy what you have to offer if you can connect with the right people. And that's been my experience that they are there, just got to figure out how to connect with them. Yes. I know connecting these two worlds and now with the, if we can talk about the rat race, do you think that's only present in the W? two worlds or can also be present if you're a real estate investor? You know, <clears throat> I am, <laughs> you know, I had all these dreams of oh, all this extra time I have, but I'm, I'm, I'm busy right now. I mean, I have, I still have <laughs> long work days. There's no question about that. Um, I have made some, you know, I don't work on Fridays. So I'm taking that. So I'm taking three day weekends that have made that a commitment to me, to, to me, my wife and everything. But It's easy as an entrepreneur to take on a lot of additional um, things, right? Because we're like, oh, here's an opportunity. Let me pursue that. Or here's somebody that needs me. So it's easy to say yes to a lot of things, right? So becoming aware of what's important to you, becoming aware of where you should start saying no is also really important in order to you know, not overwhelm yourself. And that's something I still struggle with, you know, what's, what should I work on? What shouldn't I work on? Exactly. But, and that's why I wanted to confront you with that, because I do think it's a, it's a myth that if you're a real estate investor, only depending on you, you, you've gone out the rat race. No, the rat race didn't finish there. If you're going to do the same thing, like working 12 hours a day, just to pay the bills and, always after your own necessities and you only win money to spend more, you're still in the rat race. So obviously you need to, you need to take another step after that, not only uh, pulling the plug on your own job and uh, working only independently, but also doing it in a high performing phase, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's, it's easy to chase the, it's easy to chase the money and the next deal and everything. And, You know, I'm, I had initially a dream about, okay, let me, let me have, give the opportunity, let me have the opportunity to, you know, travel more and, and have more free time and everything else. And I'm, you know, you know, from Denmark, so I want to go back and spend some time there in the summers and so forth. And that's actually, initially I had a, you know, I was like, man, now I've just created this kind of this new business for myself that's taking a lot of my time. But then I've also started to, okay, I'm making the plans now and I know what that's going to look like. I know what I'm going to do in order to allow myself to take that time off, right? I felt like, because it's still, you know, still less than six months into this entrepreneur, you know, completely being out of it. I felt like I had to, you know, kick some butt right now to make sure I get it established <laughs> and everything else, right? And it's, it's an easy trap to get caught up into. It's like, oh, you know, now I'm just used to this, but I'm very aware of, you know, taking some time off and planning those breaks and everything else, right? Um, making sure that it's, it's, um, there's a balance there. And then, yeah. you know, I was out, I just got back from my bike ride. I was able to ride my bike for an over an hour this morning too and so forth, right? So I do give myself nice. those, those breaks in the day and so forth. <laughs> nice, that, that's very important. And, and of course, there's the, that initial, initial pressure 
when you pull the plug, but of course you all already overcome that pressure and here you are on the podcast. Right. <laughs> so why did you choose uh, multifamily in the first place? Yeah, I mean, I think everything else just looked like a job, right? I mean, um, you know, you could start a business and a lot of people do that, but they end up just working in the business and don't create any passive income there. So I was looking for some sort of passive income. And I think real estate is probably the best vehicle, at least the best one I've found, right? I mean, you can become a passive investor. And if you over, you know, five or 10 years, you put, you know, some money into that, you can create a very substantial side income. Um, if you want to accelerate it, if you kind of combine the passive with the active, you can start, you know, buying your own properties. And really in the stuff I own myself, I literally spend like an hour a month dealing with it because my property manager is doing everything. I go over the reports, I have a call with them and they're done, right? So, I mean, that's money, you know, it's capital up front, but once it's there and once it's working for you, your time input is very limited. Where I spend a lot of my time right now is on doing new deals, right? As we're working on bigger deals and putting those together. And not everybody has to do that. I mean, you know, you can certainly very be, depending on what kind of investor you want to be, right? Um, you know, the other side business that, well, so that's why I chose real estate. And that's why I love real estate because there's so many avenues you can go. And if I want to back it off in a few years, I don't have to be as active, right? I can just say, well, let me manage the deals we have and I can take some more time off. Right now, I'm still in that building phase of, of building up continuous and, and multiple streams of income. Yeah. And, and it's funny you mentioned the, the different roads you can go to because you have a very wide and diversified portfolio. And so our, so our audience is aware. I mean, I know, but so our audience is aware. Uh, can you tell us how many doors can you count and uh, what type of assets? Yeah. So, I mean, on the active side, I think it's over 1,100 doors right now. Anything from, you know, I think the smallest one is 11 unit. Uh, the biggest one is 237 doors or something like that. So, and it goes from, you know, as I mentioned, stuff I own privately to syndications with various degrees of ownership in there, right? And our markets has been um, Albuquerque, New Mexico. It's been Phoenix, Atlanta, um, Cleveland, Ohio, Western Pennsylvania, And so we've, we've diversified out to a bunch of different markets that we are investing in. Actually, I think we'll go to Las Cruces, El Paso, um, Tulsa, you know, so a bunch of different other markets that we are, that we are um, going into. And then I've invested a lot of passively as well. Uh, I think like 14 different syndications and private placements of so mobile home parks, storage units, private money, um, Uh, mortgage funds, you know, agricultural uh, investments. So a bunch of different things because I really feel like hard assets is where my money should be versus paper. <laughs> so yeah, that's kind of. So you can see that's, that's a lot of roles right there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So Jens uh, here, he raised over 1.5 million in uh, 2019 alone. And my question is how? <laughs> yeah, and actually, uh, now it's up to over three million dollars I've raised uh, with the latest kind of my latest count there. Oof, yeah, nice. how do you raise money, right? I mean, it's really a lot of people are very hesitant about that because they think they're asking people for money, but we're not asking people for money. We're giving an opportunity that they otherwise would not have, right? Because most people don't 
spend the time to become an active investor. So I started early on when I knew I wanted to become in when I wanted to go into real estate and partner and syndicate. I was like, I started to talk to anybody I knew. I said, hey, friend, here is what I'm doing right now. I don't have any deals, but would you be interested once we once we find a deal? And um, you know, slowly people started to come around to the idea that I was a, a real estate investor in addition to in addition to an IT person, right? So so I started creating that influence with people. And I would, you know, I would ask people, hey, can I buy your lunch? Can I, can I get you coffee? Let's talk about it. And just start really creating those connections with people and start creating a database of people, starting, you know, creating a newsletter and, and just starting that thought leadership platform. I never went as far as you to create a, a, a podcast or anything <laughs> like that, but just, just connecting on a very kind of grassroots, organic level with people. And then asking for referrals and, you know, just, you know, the best referral you can have is, is producing good results. And then somebody wants to tell their friend or their somebody else to, to join with you. But that's how it's gone. And, uh, you know, and I think anybody who wants to get into it, look at your contact list. And you probably have hundreds of people in your contact list. Start reaching out to them and say, hey, let's get on a call. Or let's, you know, if they're in the same town, let's let's have coffee and then just start developing those relationships because this is really to, for people to, to invest with you, they have to trust you. They have to invest in you and really believe that what you are doing is in alignment with their best interest. Exactly. And that's one of the keys to, to thrive in syndication businesses, uh, those exact relationships. And uh, it's all about the person, the user persona around you and your contacts for sure. And uh, you were, so you already were a mentee, right? And now you are a mentor. And uh, if I'm correct, you are certified in high performance coaching. What does that mean exactly? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes. I mean, I have always had an interest in teaching and mentoring people. Um, I feel like for a couple of reasons, I enjoy like seeing people grow through learning and it also gives me, if I have to teach somebody something to somebody, I need to know that topic really well. So it's another incentive mm -hmm. for me to learn it really well. So I started, you know, a little bit of like, I would call it mentoring or, or training for people who wanted to do their first deals. Like, well, this is how you underwrite. This is how you make offers, you know, how financing and all those things work to like the market. So I started doing that and I did that for myself and I did it through uh, an organization that was... Uh, I was involved with um, and that was exciting and cool for a while, but then it got a little bit repetitive because it's always, well, not always, you know, every time you start with a new person, it's the same story and it gets a little bit boring over time to, to put it bluntly, I guess. Oh, it's the same story. I'm sorry. Uh, sorry, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. I was saying like, like, uh, like in school. So like always the same curriculum, like every year, the same thing, different students. Exactly. So it, it, it was rewarding, but not as rewarding as it could be in, in the long run. Then, as I mentioned, you know, I started working with my own high performance coach and I was like, I just absolutely loved it because here were some skills and a framework and some techniques that you could use to really move people forward in, in all aspects of their life. So I'm a, I'm a certified high performance coach. This is a, 
it's a program developed by Brendan Bouchard, who you know is 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 one of those thought leaders out there in the coaching world. He developed this program, and I'm certified in that. I'm not affiliated with him in any way. I'm I'm independent of that, but I'm certified in that program, and and that it's a framework to help people reach higher levels of performance in their personal life, in their business. So we cover five the five pillars of high performance being um, clarity, energy, productivity, courage, and influence. So those are the kind of the five levels. And once you, you master those areas, you're going to see all aspects of your life improving. And it's so rewarding. I mean, I have people, they, you know, they're struggling with something at home and we generate some new ideas and they come back the next time and say, oh, I really improved the life, my, my home life. You know, my wife and I are, are doing better and all this. Or we give a small idea. I mean, one of my, my favorite clients that I've been working with, he didn't like to partner with people. He didn't like to plan anything. He was like, he had a lot of like limiting beliefs around that. And I just had a session with him yesterday. And he's like, well, he's partnering with all these people and he's loving it. He's planning out his day and he's being so much more productive and, and just creating things that he didn't even think about that was possible when we started working together, you know, just six months ago or something. Yeah. you look, uh, you look like a, uh, you look very proud <laughs> of your student. <laughs> That's exciting. Right. I mean, I would, if I can help somebody to grow in their personal life and their business, that is super rewarding, almost more rewarding than doing a real estate deal. Right. So that's, mm -hmm. I'm so passionate about that. Yeah. And, and it's cool that you took a step from, doing a mentorship in more uh, technicalities in more and more of the process and the systems to uh, to the personal growth to where not the not where the money is but where the engine is the every everyone's engine is yeah <laughs> and, i love uh, that analogy <laughs> yeah, i always try to to do analysis here so some they they go off the road some i get it you know <laughs> I always try to take it, take the risk. <laughs> so one of the directions you go on your mentorship is with the Canfield success principles. Is this the same thing of the five pillars or is it a whole different thing? No, this is another thing. So I'm also a certified uh, Canfield trainer. So Jack Canfield is another one of the, um, of the um, um, you know, thought leaders out there. And I think one of my favorite books of all time is the success principles by Jack Canfield. There's like 60 some principles that if you make it a commitment to live by a lot of those principles, your life will improve tremendously. Mm -hmm. And I love principle number one, which is take 100% responsibility for your, for your life. Because once you adapt that, even though you, you know, maybe you didn't cause the situation intentionally, but there's something that you're doing that's causing a certain situation for you to happen. And if you stop blaming others, if you stop acting as a victim, if you stop thinking that somebody else's fault and you start taking responsibility for it, then you have the ability to change it. You have the ability to direct the outcome, right? So I, I really, I love his principles. I don't really coach in that, but it's, I just, sometimes I bring in a few of those principles and some of those ideas in my coaching, but those are just, you know, um, another tool in, in my tool belt, if you will. Yeah. And that's just one principle. Can you name the other 59? 
I cannot, but there is one other one that I really uh, think when you're out there being a, a, an investor or, and raising money is people will reject you for whatever reason. And he called one of them, he says, reject rejection in the sense that it's not a rejection of you. It's just, it wasn't the right time. It wasn't the right opportunity, whatever. So a lot of people take it very personally. It's like, no, this just, it wasn't the right thing. And it's nothing to do with you. It's just, you know, and just move on. Right. So how we think about things is going to impact the outcome a lot as well. Yeah. Sometimes even when it's personally, it's not personal. So like <laughs> it can, it can go a long way. And um, every successful mentor as also is, a collection of mistakes to which you learn from. I believe you have your own set of mistakes that you use that uh, to teach your, your students. Uh, can you tell me like some of the most important mistakes you made? Yeah, I think, you know, um, initially not really taking the investment. I mean, seriously enough, you know, just like, oh, I will do it like kind of slowly and, and and not really committing 100% to, to the outcome, right? So I don't know if that was a mistake, but that was just like really not being super serious around and, and not having the, having the clarity. Um, I think in terms of other mistakes, I mean, listen to, your, listen to your gut feeling when you're working with somebody or potentially working with somebody. I had a partner in a deal that, you know, I kind of needed him at that time to do the deal. But then later on, I was like, man, yeah, he probably wasn't the best partner. And, you know, we had some conflicts or whatever. And I ended up buying him out of that deal. So it was a learning experience with me. You know, who are you, who are you partnering with and, and for what reason, you know? Um, so, so some of those things, right, uh, uh, around mindset, around partnerships and, and, and so forth are, have been important to me. Um, you know, luckily, I have not had any major failures in the real estate world. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I was I was hoping for some some more uh, emotional failures here. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's, uh, you know, and I know a lot of people talk about how their failures are defining them. You know, I've had some some serious um, injuries during my cycling career that has changed my outlook on on things and so forth. Uh, I ended up in a hospital three and a half years ago with a, with a crushed kidney and, and so forth. And I think that that was a pivotal moment in my life in terms of deciding, well, you know, what's important, what do I need to focus on going forward? And, uh, you know, life-defining events like that, that's, that's helping me propel me, myself forward to, to be more intentional around my, my day-to-day life. Yeah, that counts as well. And, uh, and I'm happy that you're still cycling. So it means that everything turned out okay. I don't know if you're meant to be a professional or something. <laughs> I was a professional mountain biker back in the day, but uh, now uh, I'm nice. doing it for fun. <laughs> <laughs> so if there's not ramping up here with the final two or three questions, there's one piece of advice of your state of mind in, in this Thursday and the very nice view you have back there. Uh, that you could share with your with our audience, what would it be? I, th I think that the, the fundamentals of everything we do is getting clarity of your vision. What are you trying to achieve, right? Because so many people, they have a su superficial idea of doing something and they pursue it and they don't really know why. If you, you need to really understand why and what's the vision, what's the motivation behind it before you do anything, because 
you have to kind of look, you know, three, five, 10 years down the road. Like, is, am I doing something that I want to do? Am I just doing it because it sounds good? So that would be the first advice for sure. Nice. And we'll go to other advices in another episode. But <laughs> and uh, a question, Jens, that no one wants to hear, but uh, everyone that comes to the podcast has to, has to deal with it is, in what areas do you feel you need to improve? And what are you doing about it? So I am still, I still consider myself a little bit of an introvert. So me reaching out to strangers and especially brokers and stuff, is not something I'm spending a lot of time on. So what I'm doing about it, I'm starting a meetup here in my local town. So if anybody lives in Santa Fe, New Mexico, they can join my meetup probably in September. Um, so that's one way to get out there more and, and expand my, my sphere of influence. Nice. Very, very, very succinct problem and a succinct uh, solution. I like that. So <laughs> tell us, how, how can our audience reach you, Jens? Yeah, thanks. So uh, they can go to my website, opendoors, with an S, capital.com. If they want to get on a free call, I, um, I, I, you know, I take a lot of calls with uh, investors or people that want to talk about coaching or anything. They can go to opendoorscapital.com slash call, or my email is jens, J-E-N-S, at opendoorscapital.com. And they can look me up on Facebook and LinkedIn and so forth as well. Perfect. And uh, we'll put all the details in the description, guys. So don't worry if you didn't catch that. And, and yeah, I just want to say thanks. Thanks for coming. Thanks for sharing this uh, Thursday morning with us. It was a real, real big pleasure to have you here. Thanks, Tomas. I really appreciate it. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Let's do this again sometime. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you.